It's time to take a deep breath, a little deeper, and settle in with your host, Genesee, starting right now on the Wellness Hour on Karma Radio. Radio. Welcome back to another relaxed and chilled out Friday at 11 a.m. here Eastern Time in Ohio. So I am, <laughs> I'm a bit sick with uh, Dr. Roy, my husband, being a teacher. Come this time of the year, he's usually first to bring home a sickness into our house. And so he uh, he delivered again this year, <laughs> and so he started with it a few a week ago, and now it's uh, it's inside my nose and throat. So I have my coffee here. I usually don't take a breath while we're working together, but maybe today I will and <laughs> drink a swig of coffee here and there just to uh, lubricate the good old throat, but. Um, I uh, so really interesting. Uh, maybe for first and second Karma Radio uh, episodes, I got a little nervous, you know, coming on on air. As y'all know, I don't prepare anything. It's kind of just free form, free flow, whatever's whatever's in the ether. I pick up on and just kind of uh, roll with it. And so um, today's same, but um, I lost the nerves after episode two, and I know how to now work the switchboards pretty well everything but that darn phone that rings every once in a while and so uh here in whatever episode we're in but nice and deep down this uh karma uh, karma radio uh rabbit hole i i am here and i i usually just come and sit and prepare and um i follow up on some things as i get the ready uh show ready for our 11 a.m start and sit and drink my coffee and um, not until the very last minute this wave of nervous energy entered my body and so I'm very I'm very aware of all energy Um, anytime my body shifts from what is what I consider authentic normal my homeostasis that which keeps me centered and balanced I know that energy very well I know what my body feels like in that homeostasis and so anytime that shifts I am very hyper clued in and aware and um, and it's interesting because uh, I had this same thing happen uh, two weeks ago and um, I'm not somebody who gets nervous uh, hardly ever and so um, it's a very interesting sensation as it runs through my body and the the trigger and I still don't know the complete trigger we'll see what was happening but I know it's um it's a clue in a, a, a way to go kind of inside and separate myself from what's happening and um and get kind of this detached perspective over what's going on in my field so I guess that's where we're supposed to start because uh, today I wanted to talk about trust, um, trust and starting a practice and trust, um, trust for anything you're doing out there. Um, one of the biggest human um, conditions and things that I see a lot last year, I spent a lot of the year um, traveling to expos and um, and teaching and and talking to lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of spiritual seekers. And, um, and I was at that time I was, um, being downloaded, which is again, that kind of gift from divine. It's comes through the crown chakra and you get gifted this kind of download of energy that starts then manifesting through all of your different, uh, different planes of existence until you, co-create birth manifest something into physical reality so at this time i was bringing through all of these um grids what i would call grids and um these grids i was wood burning because i'm an artist and how i co-create and manifest things into this physical reality is i usually bring it through co-creating things through art and so i had um picked up a hot tool and started on um on eight by 11 or circular or rectangular um, pieces of wood, I would start burning these grids, these two-dimensional line grids that I was getting. 
of course, the first one, Chakra. There's a Sri Yantra, which is all of the, um, if you look at the Star of David, but then replicate all of those triangles kind of scaling up, scaling down, and then that creates a multitude of triangles. And so imagine trying to wood burn a sacred geometry form into, into wood. Uh, needless to say, some of the triangles are pretty darn wonky. Um, and, and so I was bringing through all of these grids and not quite sure um, what, <laughs> what or why I was doing this. And, um, but I always follow instinct and intuition and, and just do. Um, and I think that's why divine likes working through me so much because I love creating, I love creating art. I love playing where I've never played before. So wood burning, hot tools, I picked it up. It took maybe one or two weird <laughs> trials before I learned how to work the hot tool, uh, paint acrylic is my natural medium. But, um, so it took me one or two, uh, really bad tries and then finally got the hang of it and created some really dope <laughs> uh, what I called grids and so um, at this time I was bringing this through and not really knowing why and I was just doing it and so um, I started playing with these grids with crystals and I started dowsing and I started um, actually doing a lot of healing work for myself I started teaching classes uh, this you know weeks and weeks later I started to really learn how to work with this grid and read people's energy and use crystals on the grid to um, to actually amplify what was going on in somebody's life or if it was a physical ailment take it away uh, I helped some I shouldn't say I helped um, through my knowledge of the grid and guidance somebody else was dowsing for themselves on this grid this two-dimensional line sacred geometry type grid and actually sold their house in a week that was their intention and sold their house in a week so needless to say I was having a lot of fun with this and it was this new way to work with energy and frequency and um, and there's this whole big class that I had done on it and um, and it was really interesting so I was bringing this through during the time last year when I was going to these expos and so I started teaching classes at the expos uh, on this crystal gridding and the one thing that I found in talking to everybody so I'd only get an hour or two hours if I was really lucky to teach a class and um, and so it was not enough time for me anybody who knows me and how I work I usually start with meditation that in itself I can usually not do under 30 minutes and so um, I invite everybody back to the booth and I tell them hey come back to our booth and we'll play more and I'll teach you more and I'll help you learn how to do this and so uh, all of these people would come back to the booth and it was so interesting the thing I would wit I would witness over and over with these people is they came in is um, they we'd have to start with dowsing so dowsing is using a pendulum if you go way back in history you know the um, the first settlers they do dowsing rods to find water and then uh, turned into gold I think right I don't know how well that worked or not but um so uh, dowsing rods there's like almost coat hangers L shape that you hold in each hand and they cross you know, when you get to water or open wider when you're off track. And um, so dowsing goes way back in history. And then uh, we have things like radionic, radionics, which was considered a, a quack uh, healing thing that also dealt with working on the, um, the etheric body or working with this kind of subconscious, uh, the energy body, and, um, and kind of use dowsing, but through a machine uh, to to hone in on somebody's frequency and then uh, attune that to something clear, better, more in homeostasis. And uh, from there, we go to like photonics and, and working um, with uh, land maps and people can douse now over land maps and um, people have found missing people, have found missing things, have found uh, water sources. I mean, you can do anything now, right, with all of this kind of dowsing work that was established way back when, when the settlers were going across, across North America, you know, and trying to settle different areas and needed to find water. And to this day, people still douse for water. So all of this is to talk about basically what I started to find out in working with people. So I'd invite all these people from the class back to the booth. And, and so I just assumed, you know, anybody who was at a conference, who was at an expo, 
had been or had played with dowsing, um, had established some kind of trust in a practice where they could pick up a dowsing tool and trust in themselves and their energy enough that they could douse and douse properly and sufficiently and and that we could do the actual work that comes after the dowsing and work on the grids and start to establish um, or anchor into these these wooden grids that I had done um, with crystal energy and all of this stuff, anchor, clear, do whatever, read, read their field or read somebody else's field. And, um, and I found over and over and over and over at the very beginning when we'd all sit down on the floor of my booth, we'd sit down and, and I'd have them pick up their, um, their pendulum. I, uh, I had a bunch of pendulums. I'd have them pick up a pendulum and they'd uh, sit there with the pendulum in their hand and almost be scared to, to touch it. They had... Um, they had so much distrust. Number one, it's it was not knowing. So there's two levels here. Some of them knew pendulums and knew uh, enough about it that um, picked it up and would ask, you know, show me a show me no. Um, and and the others would pick it up and and almost have fear over this pendulum. And so of course there's this collective conscious tie to pendulums and dowsing uh, that a lot of us have to get over. We uh, feel it could be woo woo or kind of like the what's that the Ouija board experience, right? Like if I'm going to douse something, I'm inviting spirits in or something. <laughs> and so there is some collective conscious stigma that's attached to it that some people are dealing with. But I would watch these people in almost and in I don't want to say fear because it wasn't that extreme but it was this um, distrust in the fact that when it started moving they started saying oh that's me moving it and they almost froze their body so if you know pendulums maybe I should back up a few steps but a pendulum you can anything can become a pendulum so if you take a necklace if you have a necklace on right now and it has some kind of heavy weighted medallion at the bottom of it right and it doesn't even have to be heavy it can just be a little pendant right um so anything that hangs and has some kind of weight on the bottom can become a pendulum and so you hold it in a hand and this hand should be free form it shouldn't be resting on your knee or on your side or on a table um you hold this in your hand and then you start asking questions, right? So there is a bit of a process to it um, to make sure you're clear and not uh, not kind of uh, emotionally attached to what you're asking for. You're going to get emotionally attached answers, but you can ask yes, no questions. And then there's other, there's charts you can use and there's lots of great tips and techniques that you can go through, which I was going to teach, but I found that everybody who sat down had such distrust that they were controlling or moving or what was happening was a byproduct of of them and um and I it was the first time I had ever witnessed so clearly that people really have have almost lost their way so much um in believing and and believing that authentically internally that you are the most wise, the most connected, the, the most, you are the source of everything. You are, I am that I am. You are everything. And it's almost as if we distrust so much on, on our internal guidance system that now when we're taking a pendulum, which a pendulum is, is specifically used to basically show you what's going on in your subconscious or that that in between the etheric this not etheric excuse me um the energy body uh the things that are that are right below the surface of you right the the cognitive mind only only gets the small percentage of what what we're processing daily second by second and so the pendulum is really just an extension of your own energy body that's there that's this tool just like muscle testing is um and it's it's this tool that you can use that basically reads the subtle impulses these um these micro movements of the of the muscles that are indicating right and there's this great book i'm getting sidetracked but there's this great book a neuroscientist wrote Oh, geez, and I'm not going to, I can see it so clearly. It's bright yellow. It's got, of course, a head in white on it. Um, and and it has, uh, <laughs> I think one of the things on the cover is like a, something about why would you electrocute an elephant? 
<laughs> I know I'm not being helpful. Um, but there's this interesting um, component in this book where they do all these case studies about people and they're talking about gamblers and um, and they they'd run these uh, gambling scenarios with uh, group A, group B and um, and basically I'll boil the story down here but in the book they do this whole case study around gamblers and a person's body intuitively knew I think they were playing blackjack and probably single deck blackjack right and so a person's body intuitively knew they could read the twitches and the I think it was like pupil dilation heart rate something like whatever all of these indicators were intuitively subconsciously the person knew when they were going to actually um what do you call it uh, i want to say crap out but that's not, that's craps right um bust right bust and blackjack the person's body was like 99 or something crazy i'm anytime you quote a percentage right it's always wrong so it was a really high percentage that the person's body it was it was above it being able to be considered chance and so um they were making this case that uh, that in some level and layer of our cognitive awareness that's not present to us in our mental field, we actually know and can we're all Rain Man, right? We can all actually read that deck um, of cards. And so um, back to the pendulum dowsing. So this is kind of the same thing that the body intuitively knows, and and um, people have such fear and have gained uh, not gained bad word. People have created so much resistance to the fact that they are the source of everything and they seek outside of themselves and so the pendulum becomes this outside like it's connected to the higher source it must be tapped into an angel that knows everything it must be you know, controlled by that all-knowing power of of the matrix, right? They have such resistance to the fact that this pendulum could just be an extension of their greatest wisdom. So I was watching this and experiencing it over and over and over. Every single person that sat down, I had to start from square one, the basics of teaching them pendulum dowsing and teaching them that this is just another tool like everything out there should just be a tool tarot cards um when we when we interpret astrology anybody who is uh interpreting anything through themselves um mediums right mediums create an index of symbolic uh connections and imagery within their head Uh, excuse me i shouldn't say that but um of holographic imagery right that means something because of their life experience and then they can convey uh, certain meanings to other people but it's all imprinted through them and then expressed outwardly and so everything we do is this internal coming back inside it's this process of coming back in and 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 being um being okay with the fact that we are and even if we don't know it and that's maybe back to that that neuro study is um you know even if we don't think we know right because it's not in that that accessible cognitive state that we're in um we know on some level and and so as long as we're following our truest self and back to the very beginning of this where said I sat down and I don't get nervous doing this show anymore yet this wave of nervousness ran through me I had just answered an um a text from somebody who I asked a very um I asked actually a question to help me gain some clarity for this show today and uh so I responded to that text and and at the same time I was sending um a blog post so on my chakra deck app um people can submit uh, their layouts and then i'll help read that for them and so i just sent these two things and so i instantly through me um ran this energy and then understood it to be something that wasn't authentic to me but it ran through me and so i then brought it outside of myself and said okay what what and where does this belong in the grand scheme of things and so in teaching now we'll go back to dowsing in teaching dowsing it's kind of the same thing so as we open ourselves up 
to be these vessels to bring through (laughs) awareness and um, tap into that which is known in the deepest, most authentic levels and layers of our existence. As we open ourselves up to that, we're also allowing ourselves to become very aware, very open, very pliable (laughs) to all energy. And so I think that's where people get a little bit confused in in dowsing and um and of course there is the the collective conscious out there and that kind of collective stigma around dowsing and and how uh how it can pick up negative entities and all of this this stuff that oh that's like one of my biggest pet peeves um the fear i hate anytime anybody gets into fear the fear mongering with any of this stuff so what i tell my kids what i tell everybody in these in these teachings is um you are the most powerful (laughs) component of your journey so only you can give your power away and and so as long as we hold and establish that am that I am. I am the most powerful. I am the creator of my own destiny and that I am this this highest frequency being nothing that is not uh, 100% in resonance with me can affect or change me, right? As long as we hold that as a truth, our highest truth, um, then there's nothing out there that can affect you. Things can then uh, as you open yourself up, like I did before, I was talking to two different people. And in that, I was allowing myself to be very sensitive. I was doing a reading for one person, so very open to that field. And then um, had probed in, a, in another very emotional way, another person. So I basically asked them to both open their fields to me at the same time. And in that... I was then pliable and accessible to the energy that I was engaging in. And so what happens as a human is we do this so much. And when we do this unknowingly and without complete um, uh, authentic connection to ourselves or holding that highest resonance with ourselves, then that's when we start to take on the energy of other people. And so how could you do this in your life, right? So <laughs> because so many people, oh my gosh, I've read, I'm, I just finished writing um, this book that I told my publisher would be done by the end of this month. <laughs> and so the editor is now engaging with me. And like what I want to say right now is like the whole gist of this book. <laughs> so how do we funnel this down into the next 15 minutes? Um, so... I don't even know. I it's I just opened up such a big funnel of information. I can't even, I don't even have a point, a starting point to work with. Um, so anyways, so how can this happen for you? Let's just try and be as as mainstream and basic as we can. So one of the one of the um one of the really big, and we'll go back to this distrust in self, right? So the whole first journey of the soul, the whole, this whole um solar journey, this whole journey to know who you are as this human who is incarnated into another life, right? As, and I always talk about this. As soon as you have that first conscious breath of existence where you say there's something more than just the hamster wheel of life, uh, there's something more than just me clocking in, clocking out every day. You guys hear me say this all the time. Um, so when you have that first cognitive uh, kind of uh, that spark, that mental spark of awareness that says there's got to be something more than this, you just right there opened up your entire field to um, be pliable, accessible to your physical, emotional, and mental state. Right? We're always we're always in in connection to these three states. Um, but it's how clearly and how how grounded or present we are to them moving through us. So, and again, anybody who's listening to this, I know is um, is within this journey. And so, uh, when we are unconscious, when we and that only means when we have not yet started our process of questioning more than than our birth to death existence, <laughs> when we are walking this earth. Um, 
uh, not in the flow and just uh, just a passive kind of recipient of life when we're not actively engaged in in the meaning of the life, right? When we're a passive recipient of what life is just dishing to us, um, we take this all. And so back to the the example. So um, for the person who who is experiencing. Um, who is experiencing life and just seems like they're in that cycle and, and never elevating themselves. There's a, there's a reason. And it's because we're just kind of allowing ourselves to be in this, in this loop, in this, um, in this passive, right? Not active. So just think it's just this, this repetitive cycle or the washing machine where you just let things happen to you and and you just assume this is just life this is just what happens this is this is i guess you know i'm only supposed to feel this good i you know nothing can look better i was born here i'm going to live here this is where i've always been there's you know nothing outside of this like uh, michael and i were saying last week there's nothing outside of this box right so when you stay in that locked kind of passive passive existence this is what you get life happens to you right so a lot of us choose to be active participants in our life and then when we actively participate in life we decide there's got to be something more than just letting life happen to me I feel so much more connected and um, I feel so much bigger than the circumstances I'm being given I feel like there's more to this right so that becomes the first journey as soon as you have that as soon as you go on that you're basically sign seal delivery you are you are being handed your uh, initiations to open yourself more fully to take control more fully and so in that back to this example of of taking on energy when we become active participants in life everywhere where we're not living our authenticity our truest highest most connected self everywhere where we are not in resonance with ourselves, we are going to have these experiences where our energy field is open accessible because again the first journey is all about being open we've now decided i'm going to be open to everything and in this every single point of connection that you have to this divine matrix that is not in complete resonance with who you are as a soul is going to confront you and it's going to start triggering you. And this is what we always call these trigger moments, these trauma moments, this dark night of the soul, right? This is the pendulum swing that we start moving into in our life where we start playing around with extremes. And this is, again, back to last week with Michael and I, when we want to get out of the box, when we want to experience something more than we've been given, we basically start to seek different experiences, whether it's consciously or these things just start to attract to us because we're ready to see um, who we are more authentically. And so um, now I'll go all the way back to the beginning again and about dowsing. So when I sit with these people and um, and and watch that there is this, ooh, interesting, my mic, I have to turn my camera here. My mic keeps going in between my left and right ear. So it's a really interesting, I feel like I'm in a in a tunnel or like, I don't know, I've never been scuba diving, but like one ear goes out and then the other ear goes out. This doesn't usually happen. Something with my, ooh, it's really interesting. I feel like I'm in some kind of tunnel. Um, so back to the, the dowsing and the trust. So sitting with these people and witnessing, you know, these are all very... <laughs> They're people who are all on the journey. They're all people who signed up and said, I want something more. I want to experience more of my life. And then I watched when they all took this dowsing um, pendulum and put it in their hand. Not all of them, but I'd say a good, you know, 75 to 80% of them. They would sit there and be so scared that they were in control of this dowsing tool. And it's just, it was, it was mind blowing. And so I'm, I'm sitting, uh, the past few days, I'm doing a course on this crystal gridding. I'm creating an online course. And so of course I have, of course, of course I have to start with this dowsing because it's a big component of, uh, getting into the course and, and 
having these experiences with these um, individuals who picked up a tool and were scared that they were the one controlling the information coming through. So let me back up. So all about dowsing. So because if you're intrigued and want to uh, dive deeper into your own dowsing, so what we say is, yes, this is the tool, the pendulum, what you put in your hand, if it's the dowsing rods, if it's a dowsing, uh, like a dowel, if it's um, the pendulum, whatever it is, it's an extension of you. It's an extension of your energetic body, right? And so what this is doing is it's tapping into the subtle the subtle inflections within your body that are basically triggering um, these these answers to the yes-no response, right? Or the, the questions that you're asking. So typical dowsing, we ask yes or no, no questions. There are glorious, uh, numerous amounts of charts and, um, and other fun techniques uh, that, that you can employ to get more specific answers or numerical answers. Um, and so in teaching dowsing, we um, teach to basically sh- uh, train your dowsing, your pendulum or whatever it is, to sh- um, physically shake it in a yes response. And, you know, and you're programming it. You're saying this is yes, up and down, you know, vertical. And then horizontally, this is no. And then whatever else you want to program into this. And so even in teaching this component and telling people, you know, we are, are in control and we're going to set parameters here between us and our tool. And then basically this tool now in program or in resonance with us, our quote unquote vibration here, because it is the vibration of the body, but it's also the vibration which signals resonance with our our unique vibration. So now this tool is in vibration with us and is programmed to respond in a way that we've told it to respond. And so now as we begin questioning, and this is where maybe people start to then question, um, because as you ask a question, um, you can start getting one response and then your mind will either ask a whole series of another questions or your mind will instantly discredit what's coming through and then the pendulum will start swinging in the opposite way. And this is the funniest part to watch in people because they see this quick change and then they start questioning again that 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 answer because it's changing on them that the answer isn't validated or that answer well that is the answer is changing in my pendulum and so now I have to you know I can't trust anything here and it's it's like again this is you know this is the beauty this is this is like the co-creation component and I think people just have such the uh, have such a disconnect from their personal power that they question <laughs> and they're getting such validation that that they're so strongly connected and authentic and yet you know th- these signs and 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 um and even programming now that the pendulum's doing it it's riddling their mind you know and they and they can't get past it so i just i love pendulums and i love pendulums as a teaching tool to teach that the power that we have and and the complete authority that we have and how when you get one answer right and if you don't like that answer your internal body basically says no that's not right when you get the real answer, which is coming out, it'll say no or whatever it is. And then your internal body will go, no, I don't like that answer. And then it'll start switching to yes. It's showing you the co-creating potential of power. You have to switch a timeline and to switch the resonance. But people stop there and they stop and they go, oh, well, I'm changing this answer. And it's like, of course you are. This whole world is organizing to you, with you, through you, by you, just for you. Like, of course it's changing because if you don't want that reality, you have every potential to right here, right now, establish, nope, that's not going to be my reality when you get the answer and you can shift it. And so this is the beauty of, I love working with tools. Um, It's just such a beautiful way to show people the complete authenticity that they have. So I guess, oh, here it goes. Man, these, it always freaks me out. The phone call. So, um, <laughs> so we, we have this complete ability to be 
really in resonance with um, our power, with our authenticity. And so in, in working with pendulums, the, and so now if you're like, okay, well, how do I, how do I actually trust now that I know all of the potential, you know? Um, so the one thing that you really want to do is start out and create, um, create a connection, a trusting connection. And so I always say it's so easy to work on somebody else although people don't like this number one it's fear of um if you have to talk to that person or you know if you have to do something and what if I get the answer wrong or what if it comes back and it's not the right thing and people get very scared but when you're not emotionally attached and so do do dowsing on world events do dowsing on something that that you have no attachment to it's so much easier when um, when we are hoping for outcomes, when we're emotionally engaged in what we are trying to ask questions for, dowsing, um, it it's becomes very it becomes very tricky because again, if if we get an answer that we don't like, we can instantly kind of change that, shift that, and so it's very easy to just do dowsing on a very physical um, thing. And I'm having now the image of my father who. I forget what it was. I think it was for a cousin's 21st birthday in Las Vegas. And I think his luggage, something happened with his luggage and um, maybe the keys were lost or he forgot the keys and he had it locked on the code and it had one of those number codes and he didn't know what it was. And so he took off his necklace and he started dowsing. And I don't know if it was three or four numbers that he needed to get. And he starts dowsing to get the number sequence to open his luggage. And wouldn't you know, it was one, two, not, not one, two, three, the number, but he doused, got the first number, doused, got the second number, doused, got the third number, boom, it unlocks. And he, it's like these mind blowing, <laughs> these completely mind blowing uh, moments in life that that it's complete validation that everything in this divine universe is organized here he is he's texting me yes uh so everything in this divine universe is so organized exactly for us and i bet he has forgotten just how how connected he is to the universe he's probably forgotten that story and he might have gotten in a rut of, of experiences where he might be questioning his connection. He might be questioning his, his authenticity. He might be questioning if he's on the right path. And it's like, how could you have such a validating moment like that last year? We'll just say it was last year where everything in the universe was so perfectly aligned and, and it wasn't, nothing was different. You just took it out you started dowsing and you got the exact one two three you got the exact code first douse right and got it and the uh, luggage luggage unlocks like how can you question ever your path how can you ever question your your basically presence here in this life when you've had moments like that and we always do and that's the thing it's just so heartbreaking and I do it too I'm not gonna lie um, but it's so heartbreaking when we think anything about this reality is not in complete perfection and I think Michael and I said that last week too he had an experience when he went to see some master teacher in California and sat him down at a picnic table and um, and he the teacher looked at Michael and Michael had come with a th- a list of a hundred things that were wrong in his life. And the teacher looks at him and says, everything is perfect. Everything right now is perfect. And Michael had this list in his pocket of a hundred things in his life that were wrong and that he didn't like, and that did not feel like perfection. And, and the teacher looked at him and said, if, if this isn't your perfect, then, then change, change it to the next level of perfect. Like if you don't like this experience of perfection, then change into the next level of perfection. And that's the thing. It's, it's, we get so locked into this passive quality of letting life happen to us where we feel like we're out of control, where anybody who's had 
a moment of, of experience in this active consciousness where you're actively participating in your conscious experience and you actively douse to open your luggage and you get the sequence in perfect, <laughs> perfect order and your luggage opens. How can you look back a year later if you're in a rut or in, in some kind of density and you feel like now life is happening to you and you've lost that perfection? There's no, that, that, that isn't even a reality. There, you can't lose your connection, right? If you've ever experienced something where everything just aligned for you, everything just opened, you can never lose that. You can never, you can never lose your way from that. It's always there. So maybe you just need to change your perspective and again, take an active role. It's when we get passive that we think life happens to us. And so if you (laughs) are finding yourself right now in this role where it feels like life is happening to you and maybe you're not as divinely aligned or things aren't as perfect as they were, I need you to change that script and just become active because it's you every day. You make the choice. It is the beautiful binding problem. Here we go back into my book. Oh my God, this is like a whole chapter in my book. Um, The whole binding problem in neuroscience where they don't even know. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm trying to explain this. Um, So they don't know. Okay, so the binding problem in neuroscience is like, how are we conscious, right? What is consciousness in humans? Like the brain, the different the different neural networks in the brain don't talk, don't connect to each other. So when we see a pink triangle, the area in our brain that determines color and the area in our brain that determines shape, those two areas never talk to each other. So how can our subjective, our internal reality, look at a pink triangle and label it a pink triangle? Because the area that calls color and the area that calls shape never talk. So how could those two things come together to create an objective experience that says there's a pink triangle in front of me? The neuroscientists have no clue how this happens. And this is this is like the whole, you know, binding problem in neuroscience and trying to understand what is creating this internal subjective consciousness that we're all experiencing. What is making me and my my subjective uh, internal world different from you and yours? And how are we all perceiving these things, right? And so, and this they haven't figured out, by the way. So (laughs) I try and like play with it in the book. I don't figure it out either. I admittedly don't figure it out. But um, there's this just really interesting, uh, there's an interesting concept with, uh, with, um, in, within esoteric cosmology where we're constantly perceiving from one level of experience our subjective internal reality is currently experiencing a level that we are not experiencing experiencing in our objective reality. So our internal world is experiencing a level higher than our external world. So this is how we constantly grow ourselves. And if we are not actively engaged, and to me, passive when life happens to you means you're basically letting the circumstances of the external world dictate to you what's going to happen. And so just like any kind of, um, and I know this isn't a good analogy, but any kind of movie um, that skips a loop and it just keeps tracking, you're never going to get to the next part of the movie if it, this is a horrible analogy. So (laughs) you're never going to have a different experience if you're passively just letting life happen to you and again this is the whole like how do we create consciousness how do I even have a different a different um, experience in my life it's you choose to have that different experience if you're going to let life happen to you you're going to have the same experience day in and day out that is living a passive life so here we go now esoteric cosmology says okay if we're actually growing our consciousness and expanding and we have this ability to um, like I always raise your frequency or expand your consciousness. How do we do that? It's by having this ability to choose in the moment, in an active moment of grounded awareness of being present. You have this ability to choose in that moment, make a free will choice that dictates what your next experience is going to be. And so again, if you're passive, letting life happen to you, you're going to constantly have the same experience. 
the same box that Michael and I were talking about. Go listen to that one. It's fun. It'll compound and expand this, this show a bit more. But there's this ability since we're human. And again, neuroscientists don't know, you know, there's this whole debate on free will and what it is. But and that's kind of what I boil down to in the book. If if we really believe that we're expanding our consciousness and we believe that we're able to kind of raise this frequency or or experience more of ourselves, you know, than we have in the past, um, this, this kind of sliding scale of dimensionality, then there's this ability to be perceiving on one level of awareness. And this is the whole, um, first journey. It's the physical, the emotional and the mental body. And in that first journey, we come in with complete access to our physical body, our emotional body and our mental body. Yet how clear are we in? What are we actually perceiving? You talk to any human and they, and most, I don't know, I'd say way more than half of humans would tell you, I can't meditate. I can't close my eyes. I can't stop my mind. If I close my eyes and try and become quiet and still, oh my God, my mind, it's like, it's like a jungle up there, right? I can't even pick one thing out from another. I was this way, um, early on, you know, and, and I remember my monkey mind, (laughs) I painted to, to heal my mind. I painted to get into my mental field and start unraveling the mysteries of the mental field. But that's what happens is if we're in an, if we're having an, an objective emotional existence, which means if we're really engaged with emotionality. So if everywhere you look around you, it's all about emotion. It's like this person's in fear. This person's angry. This person's jealous. This person's, you know, shaming me and this person's whatever, you know, if, if your entire existence is kind of labeled through, uh, emotions, then you're having an objective experience with your emotional body, which means you're having a subjective experience or an internal experience with your mental body. So what that means is you're looking outside of you and seeing all these emotions and then internally, mentally, you're trying to organize that in the way that allows you to make decisions in the present moment, your free will choice, your active consciousness that then allows you to make choices in that moment to take you into the next level, to, to keep, keep you expanding, to keep you experiencing different aspects of life. But again, if we get trapped in the emotional body, which means if we're having an objective reality in our emotional body and the emotions around us are way too strong and way too crazy and our subjective world, our mental body, you know, what we're dealing with mentally now is like on spaz and freaking out, then and we become passive and we it's just too much for us to engage in. We become passive to it. Then we get stuck in these cycles of living in the emotional body. And this is what we don't want to happen. And this is what happens to so many people expanding through this journey of consciousness. So we have these three journeys. The first journey is legit trying to anchor your awareness your subjective, no, your objective awareness into the mental field, which means everything can happen to you physically. Everything can happen to you emotionally. Everything can happen to you mentally. And you have detached acceptance over all of it, meaning you have none of it's triggering you. You can allow all of these experiences to move in and through you. The mental, everything that's stimulating in your mental field, you're aware of. It's clear. It's concise. There's not a thousand and one things happening at once in your mental field. When something pops in, to your mind, you can tell is this is this uh, a left brain? Am I supposed to do this right now in my timeline? Is this a right brain holographic something that I'm getting guidance from? You know, you you have very clear awareness of where the mental field. And then in the emotional body, when things start triggering, you can feel how things are becoming more tangible. And then physical body, things are happening in your physical body to alert you how to progress in your time you're working in. So this becomes the first journey is anchoring our awareness into that, anchoring our objective awareness into our mental field, which means we are basically living through the mental field, but not attached to it. And we're present and grounded in the physical body, in this physical reality, actively bringing through everything that's triggering in the mental field 
and anchoring it into this physical reality. And so what happens after the first journey is we then get into our unity body. Or, so it's the higher upper end of the mental, the unity consciousness, and then the first beginning levels of the spiritual plane. And so this is where we start anchoring into no longer serving the self. It's all about the self, but not about the self. <laughs> so this is where we start everything we learned about who we are and who we've created in the in the first journey, the lower self, the personality, you, your authenticity, everything you learned from being a physical, emotional, and mental human, right, is now anchored, but you have no no real attachment to that human, although you have all of the gifts and talents and abilities of that human. And now you get to be a conscious kind of uh, uh, conscious component of now the mental, the unity body, which is our collective consciousness, right? You get to start shifting collective consciousness stuff. And then uh, spiritual body, which is what people call or say we're the ascended masters that energy comes from so you become this uh expansiveness that then is um <laughs> that is no longer self-serving and you're you're serving high self anyways a story for another day we've got 10 minutes so let's see i um there's something i don't know how it fits in but um the one thing for me and i was trying to think how other people because i kind of touched on it in the top of the hour but for me, it's all about art. So I walked in my bedroom this morning, right, getting ready to come here, and walked by my one of my walls, and um, and I looked at one of these walls, and I have these four um, kind of dream catchers that I made, but they're totally unique and different. They're like using selenite rods as the as where the wood would be and then it has that typical um waxy string that makes up the inside but then i um i put all these crystals these different crystals within these different uh i have five of them and um so i have five of these dream catchers made out of the selenite rods and um and inside the dream catcher all these different crystals and um anyways and so i looked at that and it was really interesting it caught my gaze and so i was like oh this is interesting that i'm paying extra attention to these guys this morning and um i've been having these downloads lately that um one of the ways divine works with me and co-creates through me is through my art right so in the beginning i made um or i made the comment of the wood burning in these grids and i brought this through i had no clue what it was what it was for why i was wanting to wood burn when i had never wood burned before and i was putting down these sacred geometry kind of two-dimensional line work grids onto wood and burning them and then doing crystal dowsing and placing crystals on them um, and so I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. I just created it into physical manifestation without knowing what it was for. And then later it, it unfolded for me. I did this too. And my husband and my family thought I was crazy. So I went out and bought all these crystal wands and I started sculpting all of these animals with 77. So I got 77 crystal wands, started sculpting all these animals, different 77 different animals with 77 different crystals. And I started sculpting all of these guys and I knew they attached to my Oracle deck, but I didn't know how and I didn't know why I was doing it. It took a long time. It was really expensive to do. And, um, and I didn't know why until like months later, it was ushering in the new energy for me to write this book, 77 Windows to the Soul, and explain all of this stuff in a very, not easy, but more broken down mainstream way. And, and so I didn't know why I wanted to create these these crystal wands, but I just created them. So for me, I'm very sacral chakra, which is funny to say out loud. Everybody who knows me knows why, but uh, so sacral chakra. So we do this, all of us do this some way, shape or form through this lower self, these lower physical chakras, right? The chakras that help us manifest into physical reality. So we've got our solar plexus chakra, which is all about the self. We've got our sacral chakra, which here is this artistic, creative, birthing kind of potential. And then we've got the root chakra. So since I've used my dad as an example today, so how he brings things through, and um, 
I'm sure I'll get a text here in a minute. Here goes my headphones again. How funny. Um, and so how he brings through, he's such a land worker, right? He's got this amazing piece of property in Virginia on a lake. And he is just so in love with this piece of property. And he does so much. I remember, you know, over the course of a few months, he was building these totems on the north, south, east, west. Um, I think he did the first one and didn't really know why and then kind of got what was happening. And so he kind of started creating the other totems just through with his rocks on his land. And, and since he's done that, now he just starts working the land and he's really in resonance with the land. He's starting to want to do this grid work inside off of his dock, do grids on the, on the bottom of the, um, the lake so that he can start to heal the water because they've gotten some um, issues in, in their lake water or found some issues in the lake water. And so he wants to do this to grid the lake and start to anchor in uh, higher frequency energies to heal the lake. And so, again, he gets these things and he doesn't know why, but he's somebody who is so connected and bringing things through in this physical root chakra where it's very land-based, right? And so he could be somebody, uh, I'm not going to go there, but, um, and he doesn't, he probably doesn't kind of know what he wants to do or why he's doing it. Um, but he gets these downloads of what he wants to create and how he wants to create it. And then he starts working with the land and then it becomes apparent to him. For me, it's very, uh, artistic, right? So I'm, I'm constantly, I'll do readings for people and paint and I get a whole story of, of what's going on with them. I don't know who they are. And I get a whole, you know, 30 to 60 minute, um, download that I record and then I get an image and I start painting this image and then I get told what colors to do it and I usually don't know why and then later um, when the person gets the painting they look at it and they will see it and oh my gosh it's red orange and yellow it's all about the physical body this person was going through cancer whatever it is right and so there's there's reasons why but we don't know why and we just need to create or do or bring it into our physical reality sometimes to start working with it it. And then it starts the unfolding process. So these five um, dream catchers in my room, I made those back in the day. I just got this inspiration. I'm like, I want to put together these dream catchers. Like never before have I ever wanted to do this. So I went and got the stuff, the string and everything. I started putting them together. A few months later, I started working. I started in meditation, seeing these, these I, what I would call horizontal spider webs, right? They're the dream, the inside of the dream catcher lying horizontally at the chakras inside my body, but it was at, so there's seven chakras. So that's the ones in my um, sacral all the way up to third eye in my body. And they were these horizontal planes and I could move up and down the core channel of my body and I could anchor into one of these, these planes. And then through the, the network, the web, I could bring things in and I could send things out. And it was this really interesting physical and uh, what I had created in the physical had been something I now started working with energetically inside my body. And, and this has evolved even more into so much expanded awareness on how to work the, the matrix and the grid. And so, but I didn't know why I wanted to make those dream catchers. So somebody who's solar plexus chakra could do this. Um, and this is very like, this is very human, right? This is very person to person. So maybe if you're working in the solar plexus chakra way, you just get willpower energy to want to be, do, who knows, understand. It's kind of mental energy here. And so maybe you seek out, it's like that person to person contact. Maybe it's very human. It's, it's that gene. It's kind of that like genius scientist. Uh, it's very mental, right? And so the person here, maybe it's like, and maybe it's computer, maybe it's, it's technical, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, like music would kind of be down in sacral chakra, working the land or building, you know, um, and, and things with the land and, um, elements and stuff would be root chakra. So there's, there's these ways that we're constantly, if you're active again, remember not passive because a passive person isn't going to be getting these, um, triggers and then following through with them. But if you're actively engaged in your, um, in your reality, then you're going to be able to get this kind of this desire 
to do something <laughs> like for me making the wands with the animals or the um the dream catchers or painting or whatever it is for my dad working the land and doing stone um stone placement on his land not really knowing why in the beginning and then kind of seeing full picture big picture what it was and how it's anchoring him into this presence so what is it for you and I'd say whatever it is that's kind of moving through you as this like passion right whatever is inspiring you stay with that because I really feel like in all of this and building trust and knowing that you are this co-creating being that is so tapped into the most divine wisdom that surrounds you, right? That it's nothing outside of you. It's always from within you. And everything that's within you wants to express itself outside of you. And so what are you doing? What are you creating? What are you putting your energy into? Is it cooking? Oh, beautiful, right? (laughs) Uh, So what is it? But use whatever it is as your starting point to start to see and understand more of your authenticity and and how you're being guided and allow whatever that passion is to just kind of express through you and then allow that to open you more to these kind of authentic channels that are just wanting to be set free in this world the more we can connect and align to our passion the more we're going to heal not only ourselves but then those people that are connected to us so thank you so much for listening to my sick voice today and probably sounds a lot better than the high-pitched one i'm sure so i leave you with so much light and love enjoy your weekend and um and just have a beautiful a beautiful rest of this friday until next week thank you the wellness hour with genesee on karma radio every friday at 11 a.m